Howdy, neighbors. Ron Hayes, beef buzzing with you today with Sigrid Johans from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association talking about the Lesser Prairie Chicken. The latest on that in just a moment. BASF knows your field holds big potential. So when you want to invest in the future, we're ready to be the partner that can help get you further. We put new tools and technologies in your hands so you can grow more, protect more, and command more. And with the BASF financing program, it's easier than ever to expand your operation with better terms and less requirements for investing. Learn more at BASF-Grower-Finance.com. Helping you do the biggest job on earth. Always read and follow label directions. Performance Livestock Analytics helps you measure what matters on your cattle operation by helping you make easy work of record keeping, feed info, health data, financial records, load them up and it's in the cloud, ready and waiting. Need it now, later, 2.25 in the morning, anytime, day or night. Just open the app, look at the trends, discover opportunities, simplify your data. Numbers are kind of our thing. They can be your thing too. That's Performance Livestock Analytics and there's strength in numbers. Request your free demo at performancelivestockanalytics.com. Sigurd Johans is Associate Director for Government Affairs and Federal Lands for the Public Lands Council as well as the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Talking with us today about the listing announcement this last week from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service regarding the Lesser Prairie Chicken. A threatened listing for parts of Texas Panhandle, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Colorado. And once again, this part of the world having to live with a government intervention by Uncle Sam. That's right, Ron. And so what we're seeing from Fish and Wildlife now in the final rule is two distinct population segments and that southern group is going to be listed now uh, as endangered the northern group will be listed as threatened and this rule is a final rule so this is going to kick into effect on tuesday january 24th of the coming year in 2023 it's a problematic one but it is one unfortunately that we saw coming down the pike because of this rulemaking process now we've got to regroup and figure out how we're going to uh uh you know, fight back against some of the harmful provisions in this uh, before it takes effect in January. I can tell you that over the next few days and weeks, NCBA's first move is going to be circling up with our affiliates in each of these states and coming up with a game plan as a group for how we want to approach this. And we'll be looking at all of the options on the table, you know, including regulatory paths, including litigation in the courts. We're also sort of honing in on what are the main areas of this long rule, it's several hundred pages long, that we want to attack first. One of the things that will be especially troublesome in the northern area where the bird will be listed as threatened will be who will be overseeing how you can operate on your ranch. The first place where we see a huge problem here, besides just the premise of the listing itself, is the 4D rule that the service has gone ahead and written for the northern DPS. The problem with this special rule is that apparently Fish and Wildlife is going to have nothing to do with the agency that really knows what's going on when it comes to conservation, the Natural Resource Conservation Service of USDA, and instead it's going to turn to a private third party to oversee everything going on in regards to the lesser prairie chicken. You have to follow, according to Fish and Wildlife, a grazing management plan that has been developed by an agency-approved third party, which is a great classic example of Washington word salad. But what we did ask just hours after the rule came out, we were on the phone with the agency, and one of the first things we asked was, well, who is going to be an agency-approved third party? Who are you giving the reins here to sort of sign off and say that either this grazing management plan is good or this one is bad? And they don't have an answer for that yet. They haven't come up with a list of folks who they have in mind. Uh, They did say that they are not considering NRCS 
as a valid third party at this time? That was another one of our first questions, because for a lot of our folks in the Southern Great Plains, as you know, um, they might have some of their land that's involved in an NRCS program. You might have have some overlap there and have some folks who might have worked with, you know, USDA or on a grazing management plan in the past, and they might have that piece of paper all ready to go and be able to say, this is what we're doing. And right now, Fish and Wildlife uh, has has not been able to commit to honoring those plans as a valid, you know, a valid alternative or a valid criteria under this rule. So we have a lot of concerns with how this is going to play out and really what kind of groups, you know, if it's not, it's not NRCS and it's not the grazers themselves who have been doing this for 30 years and know the land like the back of their hand, who do you want to put in charge? That, that's astounding that they're not willing to work with another uh, federal government uh, entity that uh, is experiencing conservation work. Absolutely. It's astounding, and it really is concerning because when you look at some of the criteria in the way that this 4D rule is written, some of the things that they mention are service-approved third party will have adequate training or experience, uh, typically five years or more in the fields of wildlife management, biology, or range ecology. Or uh, they'll have a demonstrated history of working with grazers to develop site-specific plans. But the bottom line there that they're making clear sort of between the lines is that ranchers themselves, the ones who actually own and work this land every day, are not the ones who are going to qualify as agency-approved third parties. They're going to be looking at some of your organizations, frankly, that are not that friendly to agriculture and are not that friendly to cattle grazing in particular. So one of our first areas that we're really going to try to attack hard with this rule is getting that section or getting that 4D rule sort of reconsidered and rewritten. Because as it stands right now, not only does it fail to do the job. It fails to give that sort of legal protection to grazers who are doing a responsible job and who are out there conserving many, many acres of this lesser prairie chicken habitat, but it actually makes them an even bigger target for some of your environmental groups and other folks who are going to apply to be these third parties. And, you know, I don't don't think any of us want to see those kinds of folks being the final, you know, send off or the final signature on a grazing management plan. NCBA Sigrid Johans, you've got the beef buzz on Ron. It's the 41st annual Oklahoma Select Bull and Female Sale, Saturday, December 3rd, 1 p.m. at the Atoka Livestock Auction. The limousine and Limflex offering will include 60 breeding age bulls and 31 females, pairs and breads. Complete information data will be available on all bulls. View the catalog at AmericanCattleServices.com. For more information, contact American Cattle Services, 580-597-3006. The Oklahoma Select Bull and Female Sale, December 3rd, Atoka Livestock Auction. And that's your Beef Buzz. I'm Ron Hayes.